Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in John 12 and uh, before we get started let's open with prayer. Father, I thank you for this day and for all that you've done. I thank you for your Holy Spirit and for the work that he's had and he's done in my life. And I just thank you for all that you've given us. I just pray, Father, for this day that you would be the one that is focused upon, that my heart and my mind would be yours, and that my spirit be would be more like yours, that it would be one that sees others as you see them, wonderfully made by you. I thank you for friends and family, and I just pray that now you would guide this conversation in this reading, that it be your words and your ideas that are shared. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today we're in chapter 12, and then we're going to read something from um, Tozer, and then we're going to move on. So with that, let's just go ahead and get started with verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with them. Then Mary took out a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the, the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used, it, used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, replied Jesus. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Isn't this just ironic and crazy that a man was raised from the dead by, and people say it's because of God, that God did it, and God in their in their religion is the only one who could do such a thing, and yet they're going to kill him because they want their power. Isn't that just a thousand percent in contradiction to what what uh, they should do since it was an act of God, right? So now they're putting themselves against God. It just seems crazy to me. But again, I'm sure angels and people look down on me and my actions and they're like, what a dumbass. Um, so anyways, <laughs> um, verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been been written about him, and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him, when he called Lazarus 
from the, the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? Nope. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had been thunder. Others said an angel had spoken to him. So it's interesting. And um, it's Spurgeon talks about, about this, I believe, where man will always try to, there's two types of men or people. One that will try to explain it away using science and any other explanation. And then the believers in God and the spiritual. And they'll say that was God. So you have a group of people that say that the voice was thunder. And they were explaining explaining it with scientific, natural phenomena. Others, though, said, no, that was an angel. So, again, the spiritual. It's how our society is today. They don't want us to believe that there's a supreme being, that we are the supreme being. Never changes. Man is the same. We've seen that throughout the, our entire readings from Isaiah in the Old Testament to now. Verse 30, Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Verse 37. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason they could not believe, because as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so they can see neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he, was Jesus's, he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. 
But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith, for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than than praise from God. Then Jesus called out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me shall stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. So, it's pretty interesting stuff. And I focus a little bit here on, you know, verse 43. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Now, I will say, in my own life, I have to keep myself from seeking the praise of others and putting more emphasis on God than on myself and on others. And A.W. Tozer gives us a warning and highlights this also. He focuses, though, on John 12, verses 12 through 13, where it reads, The next day the crowd that had come for for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed, blessed be he, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Right then and there, Jesus could have said, yep, that's me. I'm the King of Israel. I'm the ruler of this world. I'm the creator of this world. And he could have, he could have just you know, stepped up and taken all the praise and all the glory. But he wouldn't have accomplished what he needed to accomplish. It wasn't the, the task and the mission. So instead... Jesus always stayed humble. Think about it. He didn't have houses and mansions, although he could have. He didn't have, you know, wonderful clothes, food, and whatnot. Heck, he didn't even have a house. Remember a number of chapters back when everyone else went home? He went up to the Mount of Olives. So he didn't even have a place to sleep. Jesus was not proud. He was not of this world, and that's the difference. And Tozer writes, Pride and arrogance sometimes get into the church of God, and that's bad. That's, there's that tone of command, then that superior look and a superior bearing. Pride and arrogance stick out all the way around. Now, I'm going to tell you, I picked this, and I, this relates to me because I do this all the time. I s- suddenly start believing the press. I believe what people say. And sometimes it's it's good and sometimes it's bad and both times it's bad to go and allow people to to believe what people say because ultimately the only opinion that matters is God's he continues watch out Christian brothers and sisters for the danger of arrogance assuming that you are somebody indeed God will never let you hi-hat somebody else if you are a Christian if you're a Christian the Lord loves you too much to let you get away with that you may say What will the Lord do then if I get arrogant and presumptuous, full of pride over my victory and success? Well, the Lord will rebuke you and chasten you painfully. And I've experienced that. Take the example of Jesus, who would not allow any success of any kind, any temporary success, to lead him astray. 
the Lord has no servants. He bossed no one around. He was the Lord, but he never took the tyrannical attitude toward anybody. Think of the human honor and recognition that came to our Lord Jesus Christ as he rode into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday centuries ago. They put him on the little donkey, strewed palm branches and garments in the way. And the mobs lined the streets, shouting, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There was honor to whom honor was due. There was public acclaim. Jesus could have reached into the depths of his mighty power and become king overnight. But he dismissed the little donkey, went into the temple and cleansed it, and then a week later went out to die. Let's remember that they may be saying, Hosanna, but the next Friday they will say, Away with this man, crucify him, crucify him. A man highly honored today can be looked upon with scorn tomorrow. I think it's very, it is very good spiritual advice that we should never tie ourselves up to public opinion and never accept any successes we may have today as being to, due to our superior gifts. Let's thank God for anything we get and then go on with the Lord. Those are the best piece of advice ever. I need them. I'm so grateful that I, I read that and that that was part of the reading today. Humility and that tomorrow everything can be gone and that all that praise and adoration and acclaim that you may have today, tomorrow it can be gone and totally gone. So with that, I'm going to just close with prayer. Father, thank you so much. Your word is so precious. And it means so much to us. I just pray that today I would take this to heart, that I would see others as you see them, that I would love them as you love them, and that I would understand who I am in you, that my spirit would be bound with you, that my spirit would fellowship with you, that we would walk together and communicate continuously. Father, I lift up for the times of challenges. I just pray you'd strengthen us. And I just pray for the times of bounty and, and joy. I just pray we'd remember to say thank you. Father, take care of us this day, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.